0: Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by all everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. thank you today for the men and women who have paid the ultimate price and Lord we thank you for those today who currently serve Lord they ventured out and because of that Lord we can we can enjoy the freedoms today that we have Lord we're not the freest country in the world but we can rejoice today that we have the right to assemble that we have the right to worship you today. And we thank you for those freedoms, God. And we pray that you would continue to protect those who serve, that you continue to be with the families of those today who are mourning the loss of a loved one. Lord, that you comfort them today with your spirit and your presence and that you continue to be glorified, God, in the lives of those who put their faith in you, Lord, through these difficult times and Through times of separation, Lord, I pray for comfort. I pray for comfort today and that you would continue to just protect them, Lord, and cover them today. And Lord, give us the courage to stand for truth because of their courage, Lord, to defend it. Lord, we thank you today for their commitment and Lord, we honor them today as we worship you. We love you, Lord. Please protect them and continue to keep them, Lord. Make your face shine upon them wherever they're at. And may you give them rest, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, we appreciate so much those who serve and uh, who are diligent to do so. Um, We want to continue to uh, just walk throughout this day uh, and not miss out on the, what God is doing here. And so um, we wanna continue to, to walk through uh, our healthy um, series. And today uh, we have an opportunity to start a healthy home. Uh, and so we're going to uh, get into the, the initial chapter today, the at least the introductory chapter about it today. And hopefully uh, we can be challenged in our own personal lives uh, to seek God for him to bring renewal in our hearts uh, so that we can uh, establish the kind of home that he wants us to establish and uh, we can experience him in those moments. And so that's our goal uh, in writing the book. And we have uh, copies available in the foyer. Um, And so if you wanted to purchase a copy, all the proceeds go towards um, building churches in Peru. Uh, So lest you guys think that, uh, that... the money goes towards buying me more Jordans. These are pre-ministry Jordans. Um, these, are not, these are not shoes that you purchase uh, when you pastor a church. These are shoes that you purchase when you work outside of the church. And so I just never wear them. I have a box, a closet of boxes of shoes that I wear them inside. I don't, they never see the light of day. I'll take them off and put them back up into the closet for another rainy day. Um, but all the money goes towards the proceeds of the church, goes towards building churches in Peru. Uh, and so if you wanted to purchase a book, we have the assessments in the books this time. Uh, we also have a digital version if you wanted to go to Kindle, you can get that as well. You can buy the hard copy book on Amazon if you're not uh, centrally located to us today. Um, it's $12.99 on Amazon, but it's $10 here. Uh, and so we wanna give you a little bit of a discount, because so, we don't have to pay the man so much money if you buy it from us. Um, but if you want the digital copy, it's 5.99 dollars on Amazon. Uh, and what we're gonna try to do through this book is not to um, lay out all the statistics um, that are available to us, because we didn't want to fill the book with depressing stats um, about uh, home life and, and just the culture surrounding uh, things in our world. But we wanted to try to take the approach that uh, counterfeit inspectors take when they're trying to learn how to figure out if uh, US currency is counterfeit or not. Uh, They don't study the counterfeits, they study the real thing. And then they know whether or not uh, they have the the real thing or not because they've studied the real thing so much. And so our goal in writing this book was to try and develop uh, some good healthy patterns uh, that we can see in God's word uh, that'll help us. And so if we juxtapose those two uh, what maybe we see in our lives or maybe in other situations, we might find ourselves um, thinking, okay, there's some unhealthy behavior that I might need to start to evaluate here. Uh, and this was a personal endeavor as well. So don't think that um, anything that we talk about throughout this series is going to be uh, me not uh, being open and honest with you about even the struggles in, in our home. And so Celine and I had to do a lot of repenting when we started to go through this book and to write this book because we Recognize that there were things in our, in our home and things in our lives and our marriage that we needed to, to, to correct. And so this isn't just for married couples. This isn't just for people with children. This is also for individuals uh, who are uh, wanting to honor God in their homes and recognize that this is the place where God uh, speaks to them. And so uh, that is a very important thing. So I want you to think about that today as we go through this. And then as we continue to, to do this, I want to start with giving you guys some background as to, as to so you can understand kind of how, how my, my thinking was formed and how, how, how we kind of approached this book. Um, and so in the first book we wrote, we had acknowledgements of individuals that helped us, whether it's reading, encouragement, giving uh, insight into that. This second book, I really felt like there were individuals that we wanted to, to recognize um, because they were incredible uh, e- encouragers to us uh, and so there's four couples that we, I, I think it's important for me to acknowledge today as we start this so that you all know um, where, we, where we're coming from. So the first uh, couple is, I'd like to thank my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, Ralph Lewis and Madeline Lussie Smith. Uh, their union is the only reason that I'm here today. And I talk about that in the book some, uh, about how uh, the choices that they made uh, made all the difference in our lives today. They've both gone on into eternity. Um, but their legacy lives on through the members of our family, and I'm very thankful and proud of that. And they made it through war, sickness, death, and taxes. Uh, and through all of that, they built a legacy for our family, and so I'm very thankful for them and appreciative of them. Secondly, I'd like to recognize uh, Edgar and Amanda Loseen. Uh Edgar uh, was the founding uh, professor, teacher, uh, at East Carolina University's School of Art and Theater. Um, Selena's great aunt and uncle. uh, I met them when we first got married uh, and they uh, have always been an influence in her life. They are the reasons why she has such a passion for the arts and for music Um, and they didn't have children of their own but they have always or did always uh, love their family members like their children. They had a passion for passing down the family heritage and the legacy and they've always been more like grandparents to Selena. Uh, and so Edgar uh, has passed away, but Amanda is still alive. She's not in the, in the best of health these days, but she's still fighting through. And so uh, we appreciate them for their commitment. Uh, when we moved to Ohio uh, for three years, we were a young couple. They've, they, they literally furnished all of, our, all of our stuff. And so they were very established, well-traveled people. Uh, and so when we moved to Ohio, really folks thought we thought we were the stuff. We had like tables made from Italy, we had paintings from Africa and stuff like that. And people were like, man, you guys are really cultured. And I'm like, I don't even know what half this stuff is. <laughs> they just gave it to me. It looks nice, but I have no idea what it is. Um, but they were a great blessing to us. Um, thirdly, I will forever be indebted to Robert Daw and Christine Maria Boyce uh, for their love and support and for having a brown-eyed daughter named Selena. Uh, yeah, I love her very much. Um, I'm thankful for them, for their commitment. Um, they are affectionately known as Gandhi and Gammy by our family, and we love them more than words can express. They took me on my first camping trip. Um, I had to actually sleep in an air mattress with my future father-in-law. I guess that was like a rite of passage. <laughs> and then he let me marry his daughter. I had to... Um, and it was weird because the air, air mattresses always in, uh, deflate, right? So like, we woke up in the morning, we were like, cuddling with each other because the air mattress just sinks. And. He took me on my first camping trip. He took me on my first hunting trip. Um, and they've been some of the most incredible supporters and champions. I'm thankful for their example and their constant encouragement uh, during some of the darkest times of our marriage because marriage has times where you want to give up, you want to throw in the towel, uh, and you want to walk away. But they didn't, uh, and they've always been an encouragement to us uh, not to do that and I'm thankful for their legacy. Um, Lastly, um, I want to thank the greatest Brockways that I've ever known, Um, and that's my mom, Sandra K. Brockway, and my dad, James William, Sr. Um, I say they're the greatest Brockways ever because I don't think anybody could ever do what they've done or did. Um, My sisters try really hard, um, but they know they don't measure up to Um, my parents uh, and I certainly don't um, but in 2015 when my dad passed away um, it really rocked our family but we came together um, and really rose to the challenge and I'm very proud of my sisters and all of my nieces and nephews and my brother-in-laws for that but I'm mostly proud of my mom because I always thought she was the strongest woman ever but then I saw her step up and just keep living and not just living but being the rock uh, for our family and so I always pray that she will live forever because I don't ever want to share heaven with her but I know that one day it's gonna happen I just don't ever want that day to come Um, so I love her very much and so I want you guys to know as we go through this series these are the people some of the people that have formed the thinking that we have um, and so I just wanted to acknowledge them before we get into it today. I'm going to drink some coffee, pull some chest hair out, and man up. And then, uh, and then we'll, 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 get, we'll keep going, okay? Uh. Uh. One of the things that we see in, in, in the Bible is that God cares about meeting us in in our home. And what you will learn through reading the book and through studying even things as intricate as the Hebrew alphabet, that even in the way that the letters are crafted in the Hebrew alphabet, it it describes to us that God cares about being with us in our home. That He cares about what happens in our home. He cares about the kind of culture that we are establishing in our home. And so to understand the importance of that, uh, it's best for us to start by looking at it as if we were trying to... uh, keep a physical house together most of us know and have experienced moments where things in our physical home don't work they stop working and we we begin to try to address the issues but most of the time uh, if we don't get to the root cause of the issue uh, it either uh, just prolongs the damage and at sometimes it's it's worse than it was in the beginning and then other times um, we're just kind of putting a band-aid on something that's going to resurface again because we're not dealing with the root issue. And so in our homes, in our physical homes, we use them a lot as like an analogy for uh, our, our culture and our, our, our building like a home life because there are certain physical places that hold uh, like nostalgic benefit for us, but it's bigger than just a building, right? So we're not just talking about building uh, structures, but we're going to use those structures at times, and today specifically, to help understand why it's important to, to evaluate. And so in the same way that Healthy Church evaluated things, we want to evaluate things in our lives. And so we do that by uh, answering questions. And so the question we're going to try to answer today is whether or not we do have unhealthy behaviors in our lives. We're going to use some scriptures to encourage us today about those behaviors. And it was difficult at times for us to go through this because when you start to evaluate these unhealthy behaviors, you have to do something. You have to address it, right? If you have a contractor come out and say that there's something wrong with your house or you uh, see the signs of things, you have to start to realize that those signs are often uh, an indicator of something worse, right? So how do we identify unhealthy behaviors? How do we identify unhealthy behaviors in our lives? All of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have things in our hearts and our minds that we know are probably not the best. And sometimes they uh, are filtered into our homes and our cultures, and uh, it makes it difficult for us to really develop a healthy lifestyle in our home. And so whether it's just us, whether it's uh, a roommate, whether it's children, whether it's family, a spouse, whatever it is, we all have a tendency to have unhealthy behaviors. And so we have to identify those unhealthy behaviors. In the same way that we would identify uh, problems in a home and problems in a way that uh, a home is built or structural issues, we usually see signs, right? We see symptoms of those things. You see a crack uh, on the wall, you know something's starting to settle. You see water forming uh, in some spot. You know water's getting in somewhere, right? If, If things aren't functioning properly in your home, there are usually signs and symptoms that you begin to to see. And so it's important to know what's going on there, right? So how do we identify unhealthy behaviors? The first thing in trying to have a healthy home is we must look at the symptoms, right? Have you guys ever had like uh, a spot on your wall that maybe uh, had a hole in it or something? So you just put a picture over it and then you act like it doesn't exist anymore, right? We've all done that, right? You take a sticker and put it over the dent on your refrigerator. And it's like, it's never, it was there, no problem, right? Uh, all of us have things like that, right? But there are sometimes we can't avoid the big issues, right? And so if we've allowed things into our home, thinking, mindsets, behaviors that we know are not healthy, uh, we have to look at the symptoms. And so you can usually see uh, those symptoms. And so that's why this book is going to be a good, um, we believe, a good resource, because it's not going to identify all the bad things, but it's going to show you what the Bible describes as a healthy home and why a healthy home is important. And then if you look at that, and measure that up against our own lives, we can, we can all identify areas where, okay, I, that isn't happening, so I need, to, I need to work on that. And so we must look at the symptoms, right? In 2014, Selene and I um, had a, a, a water, water damage in the parsonage because a storm came through here and it was pretty bad. And it flooded the whole basement of um, the house. And we had to get rid of all kinds of appliances, uh, furnishings downstairs. And so we did most of that work ourselves. But then we started to uh, debate whether or not we ought to bring a specialist in that specializes in mitigating those types of uh, situations to make sure that there weren't more issues. And so we're glad that we did because they came in and they found uh, damage to a lot of the the structural things downstairs. And so we had to replace those and get those things fixed. And in doing that, uh, we prevented further damage or further harm uh, to the air quality of our home and just to the overall structure of things. And, and so it was important. There were symptoms there, but we could have ignored them, but we didn't. And I'm glad that we didn't in that moment. Now again, talking about a bigger issue in our lives is what do we do when we see symptoms of unhealthy behavior in our, in our homes? What do we do? If we look at the symptoms, we have to know what it is, right? So how do we measure healthy behavior healthy lifestyles, healthy culture, from unhealthy cultures. Well, I believe the best way for us to do that is to do what the psalmist said. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If there are things in our lives that we measure up through the lens of Scripture that do not measure up and do not align with it, then we have to decide what we're going to do. Because now we see that there is an inconsistency with what the Bible says And where we are establishing our life. And for a healthy home to exist and to be formed, it has to be formed by a total surrender and submission to the authority of God's word in our lives. And it's not just in certain areas, it's every area. That our lives are now built and governed by the authority of God's word. And so that's what it means to look at the symptoms and to address the symptoms. And so when we measure our lives up to the Word of God, then we know, okay, these are things I need to fix. And that's where the Lord began, and His Word began to rebuke Selena and I. And we had to repent many things when we were writing through this going, Lord, I know that there are times we miss the mark here and there are times we don't do this in our own individual lives. There are times we, we, we fall short here in this moment. And so we have to look at the symptoms. And we look at the symptoms through viewing them through the lens of God's Word, but we also have to do something else. It's not just knowing that there's a problem. It's not just knowing this, how to fix the problem, but we must decide what we're going to do. We must decide our response to the symptoms. I mentioned to you about sometimes trying to overlook things, right? Sometimes trying to act like things are not a big deal um, in our home, but sometimes we do that even at, with, our, with our own lives, right? And, and if we if we aren't careful, those things that we say are not a big deal turn out to be symptoms of something that turn out to be much more damaging than ever could have been just in the beginning, right? So what, what, one of the things that we are real passionate about, Celine and I are, about our children. Again, this is just our story. And so our kids are six, five, and like seven months, eight months. So we had one of the, one of the kids last night uh, was jumping on our bed. And we found out that they were jumping on our bed. And the kid was shocked that we found out. He said, how did you know? Right, so he, didn't, he wasn't even lying. He just, we were like, I did it, but how did you find out? And We, were, we, we didn't want to out our source. So we said, we will always find out when you, when, when you do wrong. And then I said, more than anything, God sees everything you do. No matter where you're at or what you're doing, God sees everything you're doing. So then we made them sit down for a little bit and just ponder, turned on some worship music. And then I wanted to make sure that all of our kids were aware of our desires for them. And so we take opportunities like this. And so I brought them all together. And I I made them repeat after me a prayer for a virtuous heart, that God would give them a heart that would want to do good things. Uh, Now, jumping on a bed is probably not a gateway drug for a life of crime, but... But it is, it was a disobedient act towards what we had told him, right? And so for us, we were like, listen, God wants you to have a heart that wants to do good. And we're gonna pray. And it may not sink in today, because 30 seconds later, one of them did something else. And I was like, what is wrong with you? No, I didn't say that, but I wanted to be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I thought it, yeah. It's time of confession, right? Forgive me, guys. Um, but I know one day, this is, where, this is where it comes to our response, right? When we see symptoms and things in our lives, and we see uh, symptoms and, and, and problems potentially, unhealthy behaviors in the lives of our roommates, or our friends, or our family, or our kids, or anybody that is connected to our inner circle, that will be influenced, or we will be influenced by them in, in our home. We have, to, we have to develop a consistency about it, right? So if I prayed that prayer with my kids, and then the next day when they did something, I was like, ah, yeah, okay. I'd have prayed for them once. They'll figure it out at some point. Then all I'm doing for them is showing them that what we did the day before didn't matter. And that the words that I was expressing to them in that moment were really weren't as heartfelt as, I, as they thought they were. But the alternative to that is if I'm consistently going, you know what? God desires for you to have a heart that does good and he loves you and he wants you to overcome all this temptation to do what's wrong. Even if it means is something is doing something that you don't think we see, whether it's jumping the bed, that could turn into something else. And so God wants to get a hold of you now. So when you're at five, you don't have to, to, to fight and struggle through, through things that at 25 would be much more difficult to overcome. That doesn't mean that our kids are gonna grow up and be perfect, I'll probably write a book when they become adults about how I failed as a parent, and you guys can read that. But every parent does what they can do, right? I'm just challenging you with that thought in our head, is that when we look at the symptoms, right? So disobedience and disregarding authority and things like that in a young child, if we don't consistently show them that God desires for them to do good, and that's what he called us to do, to image him and to honor him with our actions. If I'm not consistently with that, and that's my desire, every single day I do that, every, every single time we, the, the kids mess up, we want them to know that God loves them and God wants them to do good because one day it's gonna click. That's our belief, that's our hope. We have faith in that, right? Because the Bible says that if you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it, right? That's where we're holding on to truths like that. That God's faithful to finish the work that he started. They may be rascally at some point in their lives, but they're faithful. He's faithful to finish the work he started. And so that's our prayer, right? And so that that goes into deciding your response to the symptoms, right? we got to be committed. It's not just about trusting that the Lord's Word needs to be the ultimate authority in our homes, but that we are committed every single day, every moment of the day to living lives that are committed to Him, right? This is what the psalmist wrote again. He said, I have stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, the consistency that it takes for us to develop a healthy home is about daily, regularly, not just in circumstances, not just in situations, developing a pattern where God is glorified in our homes, in our lives. And that begins to set a culture. And there are are practical ways you can do that. We talk about those in the book. Uh, Those are things that work for us, but everybody has to find something that works for them. If you don't know... I'd encourage you to try and do some of the things that we put in the book because I think that they're helpful. If anything, it just gets us in the habit of keeping our minds focused on the Lord throughout the day. And it keeps us grounded on him, right? And the psalmist said that, right? He has stored the word of the Lord in his heart so he wouldn't sin against him. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean I read something one day and I go, you know, I told them when they were five once that God desired for them to have a heart that did good and And I don't ever have to remind him of that, or I don't ever have to reinforce that with things that I read in the Bible because the Bible is full of truth that helps us. It's not just a story about God, it's not just a rule book for life, but it is truly a book that can pour and speak life into ours. And so in our culture, people have tried to do that in their homes, right? They've tried to reinforce that uh, in their lives where uh, they try to manifest things or they try to speak into their own lives, but uh, the best way for you to to find encouragement and to build stability in your life is to just rest on the words of God. Because His words are life. His words are truth. His words bring salvation. And we don't have to to take the advice of someone else. We can hear the word of the Lord in our lives. And that that is the reality of humbling ourselves to the word of God every single day and being committed to that, right? So that's how you effectively respond to the symptoms. And then it also speaks to how we must establish preventative measures for the future. Can you imagine fixing something in your home, your physical home, that after you fixed it, you didn't take any preventative measures to keep it from happening again? The chances are it's just gonna happen again. And It'll be your fault because you just let it happen again. The reason why we need daily committed times of us humbling ourselves before the authority of God's word and spending time in his presence and inviting him into our lives every single day is that it develops a preventative measure to keep us from falling back into unhealthy behaviors. You know, we might get victory over something and we might be doing great, but if we if we slack up and we miss out on those moments, then we'll start to develop those unhealthy behaviors. But how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Well, the Bible says, how can a person maintain a pure life, a life that brings God honor and glory? How can we maintain a home that brings God glory? How can we maintain a a culture in our lives that will bring God glory and honor? It says by guarding it according to your instructions. Lord, I know that your word has set me free and now now I'm experiencing that freedom and that victory because I have built my life on you and I trust you, God, and I'm daily trying to commit that in my home and in my house that we recognize and that everybody knows that you love them and that you are their Lord and we are endeavoring every single day to honor you with our lives. But we are also guarding ourselves from wanting to allow unhealthy behaviors to creep back in. And the way we do that, again, is his word. And so you will see all throughout our time through this series that the number one thing that we need in a healthy home is a home that is grounded on the truth of God's word. Because uncommitted, unfaithful, inconsistent homes don't build legacies, they get forgotten but faithful, enduring, committed, dedicated homes pass things on to the next generation. And that's what it means to have a healthy home. When you look at the Bible's description of how those that had uh, lived life and were old, according to the Bible, had a responsibility to train those who were coming up. Now, it's not just about age. The Bible doesn't say when you reach a certain age that you should be able to tell young people what to do. Um, It's talking about wise people, right? Because you can be old and be ignorant. You can be young and and be so prideful that you think you know everything. So it's not just about age. It's about somebody who has committed their lives to the Lord, who has lived in a way that has led others to the Lord. They are called to go and share that with other people, to pass it on, right? And so you see that all throughout the Bible. And so we need to understand that that is the end result, right? That if we have been given influence in the lives of others, then it requires us to recognize that we have a responsibility. The choices we make matter. The decisions we make affect everything. And we have to recognize that we have to live lives, or we're called to live lives, that bring glory and honor to the Lord. And that most fundamentally starts... In home. See, when we gather here, and the Bible says not to forsake assembly, when we gather here, these are moments where we can worship, we can break bread together, we can fellowship together, we can participate in the disciplines that believers have been participating in since the beginning of Acts, where we see them being committed and devoted to these things. But this can't be the ultimate experience for us, because God designed it, to where he is Lord of our homes, Lord of our lives. And we come here to gather because we want to worship him together with other believers. Because that's what we're called to do. But it can't just be here. When we leave here, he has to be our Lord. And so I, I, saw, I saw a pastor, I think it was, um, it was either John Bevere or um, A.W. Tozer, one of the two. I know it's a wide range of, but one of those guys. Um, I saw it yesterday where he said, you can't call God Lord and continue to make your own decisions about your life. Right? We can't say, you're my Lord. But then all we, we make all decisions that we want to make. There's, there is a surrender that needs to happen in order for us to begin to form the homes that God wants us to form. To have the legacies that God wants us to, to build. And so... Today, I want us to, to take that to heart as we, as we think about that today. As we ponder these truths today, I want us to focus in on that. And I, wanna, I want you to take some time today. I wanna, we're we're going to do a couple of things today uh, in, in, in this regard. We're going to take some time praying for God to speak to our hearts about the things in our lives that we've done that don't bring Him glory and honor or the unhealthy behaviors that we've allowed into our own lives. And we're going to surrender to Him today. But then we're also going to give you an opportunity to, to pray with, with your friends and your family that are with you. And if, if, if you don't have friends or family here, we can agree together for our friends and our family. And we can pray for them. But if you have friends or family here today, we're going we're to pray together. So we're going to take communion. We're going we're to pray together through this and humble ourselves before the Lord but then I want us to take some time to pray for our families. And then we're going we're to pray a prayer of blessing over Aiden, that God would bless him. Uh, he's graduated high school, uh, and so we're going to celebrate him after service uh, with some cupcakes. We've got uh, some tokens of love for him to give him. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer of blessing over him as well. Uh, and so uh, we want to we wanna just honor the Lord during this time, the best way for us to, to continue on with this series is for us to start start with us, right? Lord, what in my life am I doing that is preventing you from getting glory? And we've got we to gotta identify the, the issue, and then we've got to respond to it the correct way. And that means we have to humble ourselves before Him and let Him do His work in us. And then we've got to go and continue to do that. And so that's what we want to do today and so I want to pray with you as we get ready to partake of communion and I want us to use this moment of humble access as a way of us reviewing our own lives and so father I pray today that you'd help us to humble ourselves before you to recognize that we've been given an incredible blessing today to even come to this table that you have given us access through your Son, Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you today for that. We thank you for your grace. And we recognize that you are a merciful God, that you have shown us mercy, and you have shown us undeserved favor. And so, Lord, today... We confess that we have sinned against you in the things we've done in thought or word and deed, Lord, by what we've done and, and Lord, the things we've left undone. Lord, we have not loved you with our whole heart at times. And we thank you for your grace in those moments, but we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves as well. We've not loved others. We've not been an example, Lord. And so for that, God, we are truly sorry, and we humbly repent today. And Lord, we pray that for the sake of Christ our Lord, that you would have mercy on us today. you'd have mercy on us today as we reflect on our own lives, Lord. And God, help us today individually to delight in your will. To delight in you, to set our eyes on you, God, and to walk in your ways so that we can bring glory to you, our Father, and that we can rejoice in that today. And so Lord, we say today to you as a group together, recognizing our need to live for you, that you are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we recognize that these gifts that we receive today, the gifts of God for the people of God, that we do so in remembrance of Christ's sacrifice on the night that he was betrayed. He broke bread and he gave it to his disciples and he passed the cup of salvation to them, recognizing that this is the bread of heaven, the cup of salvation. Lord, we thank you today for the access that we have. Lord, may we not just come to you, but may we recognize that you desire to walk with us, to be with us, to come and reside in our homes, And to pour out your spirit. And to be be the Lord of our homes as well. And so Lord we pray today that you would be present today. As we felt you throughout time of worship God. Be present today through our times of prayer Lord. Be present today through the breaking of bread God. And through the drinking of the cup God. That you'd be present today like you were the night that you broke it with your disciples. And Lord may we today. Fix our eyes on you. The author and finisher of our faith, the pioneer and the perfecter. May we reflect on that today. We love you today. We thank you for this opportunity and the access that we've been given through Jesus. Lord, may we not squander that today in our lives. May we cling to you today. May you be glorified. Amen. Amen. Would you come when you are ready? Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.